Hello everyone, this is Shireen Gentry with the Identity Unveiled podcast. Today's topic is DNA and diversity. Have you taken a DNA test? I used one of the major companies and took one two years ago. The holidays delayed the normal turnaround time, so it wasn't until the first week in February when I discovered the results. Initially, my results showed that I was 96.4% Persian. A few months later, my data was updated to show a result of 99.3% Persian. More on that later. This podcast will address the two concepts of DNA and diversity. But first, DNA. I was fascinated when my DNA testing company sent the raw data describing my genetic configurations. Single nucleotide polymorphisms, also known as SNPs, are the variations in the DNA code that make each of us unique. Normally, in cell division, the DNA of one cell is exactly replicated in the new cell. Sometimes, however, the copying process is not exact, resulting in unique variations, the SNPs, that are passed along to descendants and serve as strong indicators of familial connections. Viewing the raw data and the complexity such findings represent is nothing short of awe-inspiring. In fact, I had the option to have my DNA data, the raw data, sent to me, which showed my unique DNA sequencing. I wondered, what if I could print this? Mind you, it was emailed in such a manner that would be printed off of 8x10 paper, single-spaced. Guess how many pages it would have taken for me to print my raw data in 8 by 10 sheets of paper, single-spaced. Any guesses? 12,722 pages. Think on that. Almost 13,000 pages, single-spaced, would make up my unique DNA sequencing. Psalm 139.13 tells us, For you created my inmost being, you knit me together in my mother's womb. Verse 15 goes on to say, My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. Please meditate on that thought. God saw you before you were even woven together in the secret place. And then when you were, your DNA sequencing makes you a one-of-a-kind masterpiece. Now, for those of you who have read my book, I was not planned. I was not expected. You know all the the rest of the story if you've read my book. You see, by man's standards, I was considered a mistake. But what man calls a mistake, God calls a masterpiece.
My adopted mother had given me a story as to my biological origin. I never questioned this, of course, because a child never has reason to doubt a parent. In conjunction with that, an Iranian national I met in 2013, living in the United Kingdom, emphatically shared with me face-to-face that my birth mother was American. I now know that this information was simply to get me off track. So the day I received my DNA results, I was very upset. I looked in the mirror and asked, Who am I? I had so believed that I was half American that to now know the truth troubled me greatly. Or was it that I had been lied to yet again about my biological heritage? Without a doubt, the goal was to cover up who I was and what I was. DNA results indicated I was able to glean deep spiritual truths about what God knew that was new to me. I had to return again and again to Psalm 139 for comfort and confidence in who I really was, even though man had been untruthful to me. So who are you from a cultural identity standpoint? Cultural identity has a profound impact on our sense of well-being. Our cultural background refers to our ethnicity, but it is also influenced by social class, religion, geography, family dynamics, and other variables. One of my textbooks during graduate school entitled Ethnicity and Family Therapy defines ethnicity as, quote, having a sense of belonging, of historical continuity, and of identity with one's own people. It is a powerful influence in determining identity. It patterns our thinking, feeling, and behavior in both obvious and subtle ways, although generally we are not aware of it. Each person's cultural background influences his or her values and behavior. Several years ago, I was talking to someone who mentioned that I would still be the same person had I grown up in Tehran. I've thought about that. Actually, I would have to respectfully disagree. Based on what I just read to you, I would not be the same person. There's a high probability I wouldn't have had the same influences, values, or behaviors that I do. Going back to my DNA makeup, I seem to be the only one in my family who was disturbed by my findings. Why? Well, because who I am didn't change for them. It only changed for myself. In my immediate family and with my friends, I'm still the Shireen as they know. My adoptive parents left Tehran when I was two years of age. Since then, my background, values, behaviors have been ingrained as an American. I vividly recall becoming a naturalized citizen shortly before my fifth birthday. So to the age-old debate of nature versus nurture, I can unequivocally say yes to both. So here are a couple of my takeaways 
from learning my DNA makeup. Number one, I had no say-so in my biological blueprint. Number two, when I look in the mirror, I need to accept the me who was formed in the depths of my birth mother's wound as indicated by Psalm 139. Number three, if I had no say-so in my own physical body being knit together, neither has anyone else. Number four, if I had to say, if I had no say in my DNA makeup, then would this not make me more loving to and about other ethnic uh, groups of people? This is a revolutionary concept. You see, they can't help their DNA makeup any more than you can or that I can. Knowing this, would it make a difference as you look at others? This leads to the second part of this podcast about diversity. One of the main concepts taught in diversity counseling is the idea that stereotypes are strengthened with brief encounters. Let me repeat that. Stereotypes are strengthened with brief encounters. While in grad school, I spent an entire weekend with a population of people living in my city. The goal was to immerse myself for a period of days to get to know them. And in so doing, my assumptions were challenged and my attitude was changed. You see, we need to remain open to those who are culturally different in expanding our own cultural understanding. Although generalizing about groups has often been used to reinforce prejudices, it's actually insensitive to say their particular upbringing with their unique cultural and group history hasn't influenced who they are. Of course it has. And to not admit that is actually to be culturally insensitive. The truth be known, we aren't all the same. There's a myth of the melting pot, that group distinctions between people should disappear. Rather, we need to celebrate the differences and get to know people who are unlike us. Different people groups vary in what they consider to be problematic behaviors. They also differ in how they respond to problems and seeking help outside the family. Interestingly, in Iran, the country of my birth, people have migrated to the United States in waves. The first wave was 1950 to 1970. The second wave came from 1970 to 1978. The third wave was 1978 to 1984, immediately before and after the Iranian Revolution, largely for personal, economic, and political security. Iranians, personally preferring the term Persian, believe deeply in their uniqueness, which is rooted in their rich history. They usually believe in fate, and individuals must be on guard to protect themselves lest others take advantage of them. Trusting relationships 
are primarily formed with family and lifelong friends. Now here's what I found in my own life narrative. Another concept of theirs is truthfulness is avoided if it hurts another. Truthfulness is avoided if it hurts another. Family structure and the importance of the family unit is everything in Persian families. So what about you? What do you know about your DNA? How has your upbringing influenced and impacted you? Think on that for a minute. I know that being raised in the South with my grandmother, my adopted mother's mother, for 10 years before I went off to college, she had her own set of stereotypes. And to say they didn't influence me would be really untruthful to a certain degree. So think about how your family of origin has actually impacted you about other people groups. Have you viewed your DNA and ethnic group as the right one? How can you learn to accept others as you've accepted yourself? So here's the takeaway for today's podcast. You had no say-so in your biological origin or upbringing. What would it be like to be as accepting of another person's biological origin and upbringing? What changes would need to occur in your perspective and view of another people group? Let this be the challenge until we meet again. Look for another people group from a different ethnic background that is located where you live. How can you get to know those people on a deeper, more significant level? Chances are you will find out more about yourself than even you do about them. So be open to that. Until next time, this is Shireen with the Identity Unveiled podcast.